convinced that we have two interesting segments for you this morning. Yes, I did say two. It's been a year and a half uh, since uh, uh, I last had a, two segments, but I think now uh, people are starting to get the idea that the show has resumed uh, after 14 months uh, of repeats, and so I decided to do two interesting segments. In our first segment, we have Tomas Avila. He is the uh, director of the Office of uh, Diversity, uh, Employment, and Opportunity, or ODEO, and I might have said that wrong, maybe it's equity. 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 Diversity, equity, and opportunity. In our second segment, we're going to talk about a very important topic uh, with uh, Pastor Howard Jenkins and Reverend Dr. Uh, Lamont, K. Lamont Williams. Uh, we're going to talk about Alzheimer's and how it affects our community uh, disproportionately to other communities. So we got very two very interesting and important topics this morning. So without further ado, I'd like to thank my return guest, Tomas Aguilar, for coming back. It's been a while. Indeed. Since the last time, so that's my fault not calling you. Uh, so you're back, and you're now in a new and exciting role. Uh, you are now the director of the ODEO, which is the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Opportunity. Correct. Okay, that's a mouthful. Yes. ODEO. <laughs> and uh, for those who don't know, I guess your predecessor was Cheryl Burrell. She was she was in that office, and now you're, you're the, you've been there for at least a couple of months now. You're right. Something like that. And uh, Governor McKee, in his infinite wisdom, tabbed you, and I've known you for a while. You've been a leadership regular classmate. Yes. Class of 2000. Yep. Uh, so I've known you, and, and so I applaud him for picking somebody that I know is very capable in terms of handling this important business. Uh, so let's get right into the responsibilities of your job, because I know what ODEO does, the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for the state of Rhode Island, but I want you to Tell the audience what it is. Sure. And uh, before I answer, Jim, thank you for inviting me once again. Uh, you know, I've been a regular for many years ago, but COVID and Lisa say changed that. So it's uh, it's a pleasure to be here uh, having this conversation with you. And the, uh, the office, uh, what is about uh, the diversity part of the office is the diversification of the employment of the uh, across Rhode Island. And uh, what it's supposed to do is supposed to reflect the demographics of Rhode Island. As we know, it has changed over the past 40 years. And uh, the, the intent is that eventually it's going to reflect that, that demographics across every, every department. The inclusion part, needless to say, is the opportunity that these individuals have to become part of that employment, but at the same time, part of the socioeconomics of the state of Rhode Island. And then uh, the opportunity part, needless to say, it, it includes opportunities at all levels. And in particular, uh, the other part that um, it includes is the minority business enterprise, which is the part that um, pretty much by law declares that everybody in the minority community is an, is deserves to receive a minimum of 10% of any expense that the state does across the state. And one of the, as you know, one of the big segments within our minority community is the construction side of it. And uh, so very much I oversee all of that and making sure to continue the great work uh, that our friend Cheryl did, who I know and have a lot of respect for, because I had the opportunity to work very closely with her. And now he's continuing that legacy to make sure that our community is well represented and well credited with that percentage that they deserve. Yes, uh, you know, uh, yeah, and I work with Cheryl as well, so, uh, you know, uh, 
Yeah, that's uh, well said. Now, I know that in your office you, you handle EEO, Equal Employment Opportunity. Yes. You handle the Minority Business Enterprise or MBE, WB, Women Business Enterprise. Yeah. Or even DB, Disadvantaged Business Enterprise, when it comes to places like RIPTA. And also you handle supplier diversity. Yes. You know? And I know that you have Elvis Ruiz in there and Dorinda Kane, and I'm not going to go any further. Well, you have uh, Miriam Torres. Yep. And then, of course, uh, the person who runs the office, your administrative assistant. Yes. Right. Exactly. She, she and her name is? Miriam? No, no, your administrative assistant, she runs oh, the office. Oh, oh the, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. It's actually Crystal Waters. Crystal Waters, you got, who runs the office. She does. Okay, I just want to make sure Crystal understands that I understand. And I'm going to, and I'm going to, you, uh, you, you put it that way because uh, that's what I have ingrained in her. Right. That she actually is the most important person in the office. She's outstanding. I yes. Mean, uh, she doesn't get the credit that I think she deserves. I know you give her the credit and show it, but I mean, she's outstanding. It's great. All right, so, um, you know, you have kind of like a tough look because, you know, the state has really been behind in terms of uh, equal employment. I mean, I don't know what the percentage of people of color work for the state now. Do you have an, an idea? Uh, pretty much from everything I've seen is about 32%. Uh, well, if it's 32%, uh, I've, been, I've been saying that 30% of the state is people of color. Right. So if the state employment is indeed 32%, then that's really skyrocketed over the last 10 years. Yes. And I'm glad that, um, that you mentioned that, um, uh, Jim, because uh, that is one of the realities that I have found, uh, not being in this position, that there's, a, there's been a lot of progress in, across the state. It, it, the state is not where it's supposed to be, but it is much better than it has been, uh, and I would say the last seven years, yeah. uh, when this office was created. And it's because, uh, needless to say, uh, with the creation of the, uh, um, the office, the emphasis to diversify was mandated and also was, you know, actually executed by Cheryl and the, and the uh, individuals who've been there. So there has been some improvements uh, as far as that is concerned. Now, unfortunately, what hasn't been um, done is put this information out there. Yeah. And that's what I plan to do and that's what I've started doing is putting information out there so people know what the office is all about, but most importantly, the achievements. Yeah, we want to see the departments that are doing well, and we also want to see the departments that are not doing well. Right, right. Exactly. Put them out there too, yes. the ones that really need help. Uh, definitely. Because they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, in terms of employment. Yes. All right, now, I know that that 10% law from 1986, I think they've already reached it twice, the state being the only ones that reached it. So that needs a lot of help. Yes. Now, I've talked to Governor McKean. He's, he's going to support you. Right? Yeah. So that's, Thank you. that's a good decision. Thank you know, you. because, you, you know, you need to have the backing of the governor yes. and the entire state apparatus because we got to make sure these departments and these uh, quasi-publics understand that they need to have at a minimum of 10%. Yes. It should be 20% because 10% then, it should be 20 or 30% now. I agree. Uh, and there's no excuses. Yeah. There really isn't. I mean, there's certain sectors where you don't have people of color or women, and that's okay, but that, that that's here and there. But yes. over the year, on an average, you should at least be able to do something that, that's that low of, of, a, of a threshold, 10%. 10%. Uh, absolutely, and, uh, and totally agree. And by the way, thank you for your support because uh, you have... Um, you, you, you have informed me about your support, but it was quite interesting of hearing it from the governor's office that you actually uh, supported me and you let the governor know. And I also I want to thank the governor because um, the governor, uh, to your point, uh, the, the way he stated to me is, Tomas, it's all about mandate. You have my support 100% because the law has been there for 35 years. There's no one who can say 
they don't know the law, they don't they don't know where it is, and they don't uh, they cannot make the excuse that it doesn't exist. Thirty five years they have had this law in place, so don't accept any excuses. Just promote the mandate, and I'll support you 100%. Right. And that's very much what I'm doing. Like yeah. you said, it needs help. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing, um, you know, talking in a friendly way and asking individuals to collaborate and cooperate. And fortunately, I'm starting to have uh, some success with that. But definitely, needless to say, if they're not, then I also can play tough and right. like in that enforcement. Well, you have my support, and, uh, and just let them know, time's up, no more excuses. It's it's time is up, set up. Now, let's get, we got to get into a few things. we got five minutes to go, and i got a couple of things here I want to get to. One is that, as part of making sure that it happens, there was a disparity study done. Yes. It was uh, commissioned by General Raimondo, Governor Raimondo, uh, about eight months ago. It right. took, took a long time for it to be actually uh, uh, put out there. It was finished eight yeah. months ago, but whatever. Uh, what's the status of the disparity study? Because I know that's really important. Yes. Because certain groups, I think, have done very well. Yeah. And, and like white women or Portuguese men, very well. Uh, but other groups, like people of color, have not done well at all. Absolutely. And, and yet, everybody's included in one category. So speak on that. Yes, and uh, and definitely it's, um, it's out there. And um, what, what I can say about it is that what it proved is what we already knew. You know, the disparity that's uh, against the minority community and the lack of commitment from the state. Uh, so definitely, but the value of having it now is that now we have this study and we can actually take action without the fear, uh, which has been, from what I have heard, the fear of the state of legal action. Now with the study, you know, very much it has validated the need of the program, the need of everything that the, um, that is the benefits that the minority community has. And right now, uh, Jim, where, where it stands is very much, uh, there were 21 suggestions that the study made and so those suggestions to be implemented we're going to need uh, some legislative approval we're going to need some internal regulations approval and so that's where we are we are waiting for that process to start so when the legislature opens, you know, we're going to introduce uh, some of those um, that require legislative approval. Uh, the regulation, uh, very much, even if we were to start it today, it will take about six months. So it's not that nothing is happening. It's that before we actually take action with it, we need some approvals that we are waiting for. But I can tell you this both the governor and the director are committed to make this study happen and follow the recommendations that are made. Sure. And I'd only add that, you know, uh, I think that uh, the goals need to be uh, separated. You should have uh, a goal for people of color, which yes. is a protected class, and a goal for white women, another protected class. Yes. And then those goals should be separated so we know what's what. And uh, I don't, I'm not going to suggest what the, the goals for each should be, right. but they should be separated and they should not be commingled. Okay. People of color and white women, those are the two categories. And, and that's one of the um, approval that's going to need legislative approval. Mm -hmm. So we plan to support the introduction of law uh, to actually uh, create a separation. All right, we only got two minutes and we we have a ride, you have an agreement with ride, and then I want to know what employment diversification, how it's going. Uh, but, you know,
know, if we if, if you want to talk about either one, okay, not the other because of the two minutes. Yes, that's fine. Right. Do you want to touch on Rye briefly? Yes, uh, Rye. Well, you know, it's uh, needless to say the Rhode Island Department of Education. Right. I'm sorry about that. And uh, and what the reason I want to talk about it is because one of the first entities that I actually uh, enforced the mandate of the ten percent. We had a meeting back in August, and I, I was very clear that I was aware that they were spending a lot of money, and uh, and I wanted to talk to talk about how can we reach an agreement to have an enforcement. Well, the good news is that they informed me that right now uh, they are negotiating with 20 communities across the state for an equivalent of 1.2 billion dollars in school construction. We have agreed. We have an agreement that the 10% minimum is going to be enforced at all levels. Mm -hmm. uh, they have put it in their website, they have put it in every document that the communities have uh, prior to construction, is, the mandate is there, so there is no excuses, there is no, uh, no ignoring the process. So that's one of the benefits and that's one of the uh, victories that we have gotten so far. Well, I think that's right because uh, you know, people talk about all the new school construction rehab, all these multi-millions of dollars. Exactly. That's an obvious place to, to, to work with. So I'm glad that you followed up on that because I, I know Central Falls is going to have a new high school yes. and there's all kinds of stuff going on in Providence. So people of color need to be on those work sites. Indeed. And not just 10%, much more than that because these communities are uh, 50 and 80% people of color. So let people that live in the community work on those projects. Absolutely. We have the capability, we have the capacity, so there's no, there's really no excuse. No excuse. Well, we're going to get into employment the next time you come. Okay. It's going to be a next time. Yeah. So, Tomas Avila, you are the director of the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Opportunity, yeah. ODEO. I'm proud to know you. You've been my friend for over 20 years. Over 20 years. Uh, you know, uh, we, we went to high school in Boston. I went to tech. You went to English. <laughs> so we know each other from that. Indeed. And, 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 and I appreciate you. Yeah, I do, too. All right. Thank you, my friend. That is Tomas Avila. And for those uh, who don't know, uh, the NAACP 